Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We're excited to talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. What's up, friends and family? Welcome back to the Wake Before the Day podcast with your hosts, Clark and Bobby Jean. Surprise. Surprise. I know you, guys, <laughs> I know you guys are shocked right now. Like, who? Clark and Bobby, who are Wait these guys? Second. You guys host the podcast? Yeah, that's right. Well, hey, today we're, we're nearing the end of Titus. We're looking at Titus chapter 3, and uh, here's a few reminders that Paul's laying out before they, they close the, the book here. He begins by saying this, Remind the people, Titus, to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient and to be ready to do whatever is good. Don't slander anybody. Be peaceable and considerate. Be gentle towards everyone. Break it down, Bobby. Mm. Well, continually remind. That's kind of the the theme here. So at the beginning of the book, Paul's laying out, you know, this is how elders, this, this is kind of what we do. This is church structure. This is how we treat one another. And then now again in Titus 3, we're reading. And it's not just a one-time thing. That's why we're getting reminded mm-hmm. <laughs> because I think this could be one of those things where you kind of, oh, we've heard this, you know, we, we know that this is true, but we need the reminder to keep doing it. Yeah. We need the reminder, whether it's about not slandering or how we submit ourselves or what to be obedient, we need the reminder. So we show respect and we have humility, um, especially to those that are in authority. I think that's one of those things where we've talked about this many times before, yeah. whether it's enrollment, where, wherever you're looking at how, um, unless someone is compromising uh, the Bible, the gospel, like your biblical truth that we're walking in, we submit to it. And we say, we're actually going to be citizens um, that are walking in obedience. Because here's the thing, everybody's, when it comes to, Um, doing what is good and not slandering and actually walking in peace and being gentle. Everybody's junk is all over everywhere. For sure. And so, I mean, you can defend someone and then the next day read something else and it's awful going on about it. And so everyone's just trying to keep one upping everybody and keep, you know, making themselves look better. Well, that's why he kicked it off talking about the subjects of rulers and authorities, because today when you have people who are fighting for a position of authority, I mean, I just remember a while back, they were looking at people who are being brought into political roles overseeing our country. These people are like over 60 something years old. Sure. So not a shot to those if you are that age or older, but people were going back to when they were in high school and freshmen in college trying to figure out like. Were they getting drunk and what were they doing at parties and making, I mean, a lot of it came out to be totally made up nonsense, Mm -hmm. but you're going back to see people are taking everything. If it doesn't fit their agenda, we're going to drag it into the, to the light, even if it's a lie and we're going to slander, we're going to gossip, we're going to do these things until our way is done. And Mm -hmm. Titus is, is being told here that ain't the way of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the way of Jesus. We're not going to slander people. We're going to try to be peaceable. Mm -hmm. We're going to build up others and, mm-hmm. and, and fight for the well-being of our city like Jeremiah told those in exile. Don't speak bad about anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can speak the truth and speak honestly. So if someone's doing something immoral, you have real concerns with someone in your education system or a politician or in a sports organization, sure. whatever. You can totally bring that stuff up biblically, appropriately, and respectfully and not slander. Mm-hmm. So that's here what he's not saying. Um, but what you got to figure out is what you believe and why. Because then you can proactively speak into the beauty of God and the beautiful life that God's called us to. And that is sure. so much more important than just tearing people down. And so Paul is saying, we're going to take the offensive, 
We're going to be life-giving mm-hmm. blessers. We're not going to be ripping people down. And that is going to distinguish us from the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And so um, we saw that in just a local political race here, here in Paramount, California. It's interesting. You have a lot of different people in the region running for mayors and governors and whatever. And for us locally, um, it was interesting to watch a number of people running for a city council office because mm-hmm. some of them were running what I would call a negative campaign, a smear campaign, where they were telling everybody else why everybody else sucked and why they should not vote for them and why they would be the worst thing possible for uh, the local cities. Right. Whereas there was a number, a different group of people that ran a positive campaign. They didn't say bad about anybody else. They just talked about what their what goals doing, were, what yeah. their vision was, what their convictions were, and why they really wanted to serve the local city. And mm-hmm. to no surprise... The people who ran a positive campaign won. And it was just so like encouraging to see like, thank God. Right. Because these people like truly want to love and serve other people and they're not going to take other people out in the process. So why is it important that we do this? I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Let's look at verse three. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy being hated and hating one another. So huge, you guys, to look at our own past, Mm -hmm. our own sin, Mm -hmm. our own life, to understand and and be able to have grace, be able to be gentle. So we pray that just as God has brought us from where we were to where we are, we ask that in in his name for others. Jesus speaks about that when he's talking about praying for your enemies, you know, whatever that looks like. Because the truth is we were at once against, we were, there was amnity between us and God. First Corinthians six, nine through 11 says, I mean the same thing. Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor um, adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanders, nor swindlers will, will inherit the kingdom of God. And this is what some of you were. Boom. But you were washed. You are sanctified. You are justified in the name of Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. And so we've talked about this where in verse five and six and seven, eight are going to get to this, but wow, we need to re-evangelize ourselves. There's a song that talks about re-surrender, that it's time for re-surrender and just understanding our own story, that it wasn't us by our own bootstraps that got ourselves to a better place. It was actually the work of the Holy Spirit and what Jesus Christ has already done that we were invited into. And that's what four, five, and six say. But when the kindness and the love of God, our savior appeared, he saved us Mm -hmm. not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy, he saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy spirit, whom he poured out on us graciously through Jesus Christ, our savior. So that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things so that those who have been trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. That's fantastic. It's the kindness of God. That's the motivation of God. Why did he do what he did? Because he was kind, because he was gracious. Adam Mm -hmm. and Eve failed. Moses failed. A number of people have failed. The Ten Commandments, no one can live up to them. Israel, nope, I want to be like the rest of the world. So Jesus comes and fulfills all these things ourselves. Mm-hmm. And the grace of God, again, is God's unmerited kindness, meaning, meaning that God's not giving this 
out based upon any kind of performance or behavior on our yeah. end. It's his unmerited kindness towards the undeserving. You and I didn't do a thing. Mm-hmm. And God's like, because I love you and I want relationship with you, I'm going to send my son to the cross to mm-hmm. pay for the sins. And so just remember, God alone saves. So when we talk about Bible reading, the Bible reading doesn't save you. The sinner's yeah. prayer doesn't even save you. Church attendance mm-hmm. doesn't save you. All those things are to point you to the one who really does save you. Mm-hmm. That is Jesus. Jesus alone saves. And so when the scriptures talk about things like rebirth or renewal or regeneration, that's the work of Jesus applied to our hearts and lives by the work of the Spirit. The Spirit mm-hmm. moves us to repentance and belief. That's not something that you and I can do on our own accord. Mm-hmm. This is something that we're called to do because of what Jesus has done. Here are some other passages that just reiterate what is being said here. Ephesians 5, 25 through 26. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. Or in Galatians 5, 6, it says, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Mm -hmm. That's what he's getting at. And so, yeah, I actually appreciate too what you were saying. I I mean, I always appreciate what you're saying in the podcast, but how these good gifts that we have, whether it's the spiritual disciplines or church or prayer or silence and solitude, like you're talking about, that these are tools that we actually are able to, to enter into this relationship in a more intimate way. So these themselves are not what save us, but they are gifts that we can use that God uses actually to sanctify us and to make us holy as he is holy. I think that's what Paul was getting at there at the beginning of this too, where he's saying, remember, because that's what, like, I'm reminding you things because that's what, um, that's what we need. Like this is a lifelong, hopefully for 80, 90, a hundred years where we're journeying with Jesus and these disciplines or these practices are constantly bringing us back to the truth. That is we are saved by grace through faith. Hmm. That it's that alone and that, that we now like Timothy or sorry, like Paul saying to Titus here that we've been saved so that, that we can actually live this out and we can love others. James Mm -hmm. 2, 14 through 17 says this, what is, what good is it? My brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith, but has no deeds, can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of them says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action is dead. So <laughs> James is saying the same thing. Yep. Use what you have blessed to be a blessing use what you know and that's what this is what god has done to us in kindness verse four but when it was the kindness and love of god so go then and do the same Mm -hmm. do what jesus has taught us to do do what paul is imploring us to do live loved so that those around you can can see that relationship and that the holy spirit can work and that they can know the same saving faith And he's saying major in the majors. This is what is most important. Don't get caught up in nonsense. That's not important. So in verses 9, 10, 11, he's basically saying, don't get caught up in controversies, genealogies. Don't fight about stuff that has nothing to do with salvation because those things don't save you. Mm -hmm. So keep to God's word. Spend. So for you and I, if I need to do a cultural translation right now, spend less time in toxic news, in toxic social media, in more time 
in the word because the yeah. word is the what gives you life. Mm-hmm. The Lord through the word gives you life. Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, not healthy. And very few people can actually keep healthy boundaries there. Mm-hmm. And then if someone's divisive, you tell them, hey, chill, be a peacemaker. And if they don't listen, then you got to move on because they're not uplifting. They're not edifying. They're not blessing. They're tearing down. And that is not what Paul is telling Titus the church needs Mm -hmm. to be about. And so as you end, he starts talking about some of the people that he is sending and the teamwork that is necessary to to accomplish the plan here, what God has set forth. And Mm -hmm. so it says, as soon as I send Artemis and Tychicus to you, do your best to come to me at Nicopolis because I have decided to winter there. Do everything you can to help Zenos, the lawyer, and Apollos on their way and see that they have everything they need. Our people must learn to devote themselves. We have to learn to devote ourselves to doing what is good in order to provide for urgent needs and not live unproductive lives. Everyone with me, send you greetings. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace to be with you all. One of the things that stands out to me as we wrap up here is that Paul is so concerned with fruitfulness. And I love that he also talked about how we are saved by grace through faith. And we brought, brought that up in that James mm-hmm. passage because salvation is, is a gift of God. We and I cannot earn that. Mm-hmm. But, God, but Paul is saying, when you come to understand how jacked up your heart is, you should only come to understand and love God more for how kind and generous he is. Right. And then from there, you should not be able to help yourself but to go and love other people and to do what Paul's saying here, just do good. Mm -hmm. And so are we living fruitful lives? Are we manifesting as a spirit cultivating in our life Christ-likeness, love, joy, and peace, and a patience, and a kindness, and a goodness, and a faithfulness, and a gentleness, and a self-control that is not behavior modification, but is a product or a fruit of us spending time with Jesus. And so that's a question that we have to spend some serious time just wrestling with. That is the the barometer, kind of the metric for success for the Christian is just, am, am I becoming more Christ-like in my patience and in my, my self-control? Um, because again, saying no to sin is is not enough. For It doesn't bring about heart change. Mm-hmm. You can behave and still be sinning in your heart. But we have mm-hmm. to have a higher love. Who sings that song? Higher love. That's nice. Is that yeah. Whitney Houston? Yeah. Well, I, I, higher love. I don't know. A lot of people sing it. I don't remember the original. Higher love. Anyways, we got to have a higher oh, love. Oh, my And goodness. it's got to be the way of Jesus. That's what we're called to. And so that is kind of the, what I would say is the definition of success. And so am, is my life exhibiting more and more of Christ's likeness in what I do? Is Jesus being spoken about and glorified today? Are non-Christians coming to faith because of the work of the Spirit in and through my life. Those are things that you and I have to seriously wrestle with, because if they're not, then we have to kind of go back to John 15. And go, are, we even, are we connected to God? Is there that life source from God through us to other people? And if there's not, then again, you're like, where do we stand with the Lord? And so these are some serious, heavy and weighty questions and kind of statements Paul's bringing up to wrap up his letter, and we encourage you to wrestle with today. One more to wrestle with. You're talking about, uh, you know, a beautiful life from the outside attracting people. And I, I would encourage a question I ask sometimes, even with my little ones, is is my life leading them to the Lord? Like, is my life and how I'm living, is it deterring it's contagious. them? Like, why do my kids want to follow Jesus if they look at my life? Yeah. So, and that's not a, 
you know, that's just something to sit with and be like, okay, Lord, I want to live a, a beautiful life with you. Like you're saying a good question of examination. That's not, that's not a time to lean out. That's a time to lean in and really sit, sit in the weeds. <laughs> You guys, thanks for joining us for Titus chapter three. It's been a gift to read with you. Read it yourself. You're going to be blessed. We pray the Holy Spirit meets you today, that you um, are encouraged and that you grow in faith. Grace and peace to you from Clark and Bobby. Oh yeah, hold on. One more thing before we go. Goodness gracious. (laughs) Oh yeah, come on. It is Whitney Houston. Who's the guy? There's a guy. It's Steve Winwood. Come on, everybody. You're loved. Higher love. Jesus. Please turn it off. He loves you. (laughs) Have a great day. Peace. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.